Hello and welcome. My name is Bree Mills, and I am here with Harrison Barnes, founder, CEO, and managing director of BCG Attorney Search, a legal recruiting company. Harrison has been a legal recruiter for almost 20 years and has counseled hundreds of attorneys through their career transitions. In this role, he's gained a lot of insight on what it takes to be a successful attorney, and just as importantly, what can go wrong in an attorney's career. And he's written hundreds of articles on these observations. On today's podcast, we'll discuss, we'll discuss one such article titled, Why Going In-House is Often the Worst Decision a Good Attorney Can Ever Make. Hello, Harrison. Hi, how's it going? Great. So before we get into the meat of your article and really why going in-house may not be the best career choice, I wanted to ask you first, why do you think it is that so many attorneys want to go in-house in the first place? I think that what happens is they get inside of a law firm and they realize that there's not um, you know, a lot of options for them unless they uh, were able to generate a book of business and they kind of look above them and they see that uh, you know, it's gonna, it's impossible to generate the kind of business they need to. Uh, I also think that uh, a lot of times they don't like uh, having to be accountable for all their time, and they feel if they go in-house, they're going to be less accountable for their time. And I think it just it kind of looks like a, you know, a much easier job with easier hours and um, even more security because they know there's sort of an up or out thing that happens inside of law firms, and they feel that that's not going to be the case if they go in-house. So, yeah, you, you're talking about the up or out quality of big firms, uh, the big firm world. And I mean, part of that is also, of course, the huge amount of hours and billable time that you need to put in at the big firm job. Um, and I think a lot of the attorneys look at the, the in-house position as being maybe a better quality of life. Do you think that that's true? Is that an actual payoff? I think it can be a better quality of life uh, for a lot of attorneys, but I think that one of the you know, major problems with it is, uh, you know, it, it's going to depend on um, the company that, uh, you know, that they end up going to because some some companies are actually, you know, the hours can be just as bad as if they are in a law firm. And another thing in terms of the quality of life is, you know, in a law firm, things are pretty predictable. So if you're, you know, billing a certain number of hours and, you know, you're staying busy, then, you know, you you pretty much know that you're safe. And the problem with, uh, you know, going in-house is if, you know, no matter how many hours, you know, you've been working, there's there's all sorts of political, you know, things that kind of come into play. And, uh, you know, every time a new um, CEO is hired, like they tend to like to bring in their own general counsel and there's, there are, you know, people to work with them and their general counsel may want to bring in his people. And, uh, a lot of times, you know, companies can go through multiple CEOs in a year. So, you know, it's it's not exactly, um, you know, a safer choice uh, for a lot of people. And it can actually be a lot more stressful because there's so many political things going on um, that attorneys a lot of times aren't uh, really equipped to deal with. So do you think that there's something about the big firm model that kind of perpetuates this idea that going in-house is like the brass ring and the most highly coveted move? Is there something the way that the big firms are just treating those attorneys that kind of creates that atmosphere? And do you think that that, <laughs> that, that is actually borne out in, in, in the career transition? Well, the way the in-house market kind of started um, in, 
and there's you know there's a bunch of schools of thought of this, but tip, basically what happened is after World War um, II, like U.S. companies started getting much larger, and um, and law firms to kind of you know accommodate that started getting larger as well. And as the law firms got larger, they wanted to hire um, better and better graduates, but then there also became uh, you know much harder for them to make partners as the partnership ranks kind of got um, you know larger and larger there was there were few opportunities so what started happening was like in Cravath was kind of the first firm to do this is they would bring people out of law school and pay them a lot of money and um, and then uh, expect them to leave to go in-house and they would typically put those attorneys in-house with one of their clients and um, and in that way, um, they would sort of protect that relationship with their client, have someone, you know, on the inside that was sort of part of the club and that sort of thing uh, to, um, you know, keep the relationship going. So what's happened sort of inside of law firms is law firms have, um, you know, kind of, you know, evolved in the same models crafted, you know, over, you know, a long period of time over like the past 75 years. And as they've um you know, evolved. They've they've also come to kind of value uh, attorneys going in house because that becomes a source of future referrals for business. And they also send their attorneys in house with their clients. So law firms promote the whole idea of attorneys going in house because, on the one hand, it creates um, you know more attrition as people get more senior. Uh, they don't want senior attorneys around because their billing rates tend to be just as high as partners, and they they start uh, you know, and, and many firms uh, competing with them for work. And then uh, the second thing is that, um, you know, they um, want to have uh, people inside of companies that can send them business to the people that remain. So law firms make it seem like a very attractive thing going in-house, and they kind of always have. But at the same time, um, you know, like I said before, it's not always in the attorney's best interest. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about, more about that. So let's say you make that transition in-house. What do you think are some of the pitfalls or why do you think it's not necessarily a good career choice um, for, for the attorney? To go for example, you, you, yeah, I mean, you, you've outlined several um, categories in your article, which I think are very interesting. And for example, one of the things you've mentioned is your skills deteriorate as an attorney. You just don't get the same quality, sophisticated work. You're really more farming that out. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about kind of what you think happens to the actual practical skills of an attorney who goes in-house. Well, so the, the, the job of most attorneys in-house, it depends on kind of the, the in-house job. But in most cases, you know, the job of the attorney is to, um, you know, protect um, the company. And, you know, and, and what they do is and when they when they kind of look around, they see, that well, there's going to be people that, you know, can protect the company better than I can. So if the firm gets sued or the company gets sued, they're going to try to outsource the work to, um, you know, a firm that does nothing but litigation or, you know, or can, can litigate the case for them. They're not going to handle it in-house. And so, you know, if you're a litigator, your your skills are typically going to um, decline. And, you know, inside of a law firm, there's there's a whole kind of way things are done. I mean, you're working in a, with a group of people and you're competitive to produce the best, legal work possible and there's a whole you know kind of you know there's a pressure from you know young people trying to get into the partnership to you know do good work and um, you know partners trying to bring in business and there's just a whole 
kind of way that the you know the quality of work is really maintained at a high level inside a company inside of law firms whereas inside of a company most of the work tends to be farmed out so you know even if the work isn't farmed out um, you know most of the work tends to be fairly simple anytime a company does something significant you know almost in all cases they're going to give the work out so people that are in-house their legal skills almost always deteriorate and they're never as good as people inside of law firms Right. So that's one thing you're in that space and you're not even really practicing your skills as a lawyer anymore. Um, and then I think another thing that you've mentioned in the article, which I find very interesting, is it's really more of a job security problem and a question about, you know, are you even that secure in your in-house job? I think maybe there might be a bit of a, an idea that if you go in-house, it's kind of a, a cushy job and you'll just keep that for as long as possible. But what are some things that you've seen go wrong it seems like you think it's pretty much not a safe bet there's a lot of ways you can lose your job in that position well typically what happens i mean and you know because i look at resumes all day and i know you look at resumes all day too of attorneys and what i see is you know you'll see a lot of times like the the attorney will start off their career at you know a good firm and they might move firms at some point and then and then you know and then there's just kind of this break from a law firm to when they go in house and you know, what you'll most often see is once the attorney goes in-house, there'll be like a series of in-house jobs. Like most in-house jobs will not last longer than, you know, three or four years, or um, in some cases, they might even be a year, you know, or, or, or shorter. And um, and the reason for that is, I think, is just because, you know, the most of the time what the attorneys will say is they got there and then there was a you know, there was some sort of change in the company, whether it was a change in the CEO or the change in the general counsel. Um, other changes that can happen are, uh, you know, just economics. I mean, you know, companies go out of business all the time. You know, Sears, um, you know, just went bankrupt. And, you know, and um, there's other big companies, you know, they're, you know, um, IBM and others that have, you know, not necessarily um, aren't doing as well as people um, as they once were. So there's all these kind of companies that, you know, that, that may look um, very secure when you join them, but then they're not always, um, you know, going to be around or they can be, you know, business units can be split up and sold. And so there's all these kind of things that are happening inside of companies that don't necessarily happen in law firms. I mean, the law firm model is pretty simple. Like if you go there, um, your job is to get as much work as you possibly can. So you can get work in a couple different ways. You can get work from people that you know have have work inside of the law firm, or you can go outside and get work. But for the most time, most part, if you're busy inside of a law firm and you're able to bill hours, your job's secure. I mean, unless you do something just completely, you know, crazy and get in trouble for something, um, you know, your job's pretty much secure. Whereas in a company you know, your job is not just to get work. Your job is to play political games, and then the company's got to survive, and, you know, there's just all sorts of things that happen. And, you know, when you look at law firms, you know, law firms very rarely go out of business because uh, they're just not very difficult um, business models. I mean, all they have to do is people show up at an office and start billing, or they, in a lot of cases, are not even in offices anymore. I mean, you know, they just start billing, you know, hundreds of dollars an hour and um, money's coming in whereas companies have to manufacture products and there's all sorts of you know pressures that companies are under so I, I think you know working in, in a law firm is much more secure 
um, than a company. And I think most attorneys who go to work in companies end up having far less employment security, definitely. And so if you do lose your job in-house, uh, what would be your career path back to a firm? Is it possible to do? Well, and that's the other thing, is law firms typically have no interest in um, attorneys that are coming from in-house because just some of the reasons that you know I, I brought up earlier. Like one of the things is that um, you know the work that they're doing um, isn't as sophisticated. Um, typically, you know, the other thing that I think is true is you know when somebody's you know in a law firm, like they're used to all these pressures and working long hours and and you know and and um, you know doing a certain level of work. And once you get inside of a company. I mean, there's a lot of companies that just are basically shut down by like 5.30 or 6 every day. I mean, there's just no one there. So, um, you know, that's not the case for law firms. But in companies, um, you know, they definitely, um, a lot of them slow down, you know, right at the end of the day. I mean, they're just, you know, it's over. So the, the work the work quality of, you know, the, the work ethic is not as good. And, um, you know, and so law firms typically are interested in people um, coming from in-house. And the other perception is, too, is that once you go in-house, you know, that you'll leave um, when something easier or that looks more attractive comes along. And that's usually the case. When a law firm hires someone that's been in-house, you know, that person typically will not come back and stay a long period of time. They'll find a reason to leave. And so law firms know, you know, that if you're, you know, if you if you go in house and you, and you and you left the law firm, the odds are you're not going to be happy in a law firm again because you left the law firm for a reason once, and you'll probably find another reason to leave again. So, in almost all cases, I mean, you know, I very rarely see um, law firms uh, interview people coming from in house unless they have some sort of rare skills. And you know, some examples of rare skills might be like you know some different types of patent prosecution. Uh, you know, someone in-house doing a certain kind of rare type of corporate work, like maybe dealing with derivatives or um, RISA, like things along those lines. But for the most part, you know, they're never interested in people coming from in-house. And they also never have business either. Right. So that was another question I had. I mean, sometimes we, I feel like we try to work with some candidates who are currently in-house. And there are certain practice areas that we've generally kind of focused on to see if you could even try it. I mean, there's a litigator going from in-house trying to get back to a firm is probably just a no-go. But as you kind of yeah. mentioned, there are some practice areas that might work. Um, maybe what about like labor and employment, perhaps, or just some particular types of corporate work if they're actually doing the deals and, and actually getting the substantive work done. But um, it, what what would an attorney have to show? Because I think there's sometimes this idea that, well, maybe if we hire this person at this company, we can then get that company's business. And that might be a reason to hire this particular attorney if they can bring the business with them. Do you find that bearing out at all? Or do you think that that's not something that the firms are, you'd have to really show uh, some sort of proof that that would be the case before the firm is going to take a gamble on you? I mean, I think law firms will, you know, will try it sometimes, uh, you know, and, you know, on the idea that they'll get in-house, I mean, they'll get work from the, from the company. But for the most part, I don't really see that working all the time. I mean, I know um, I see a lot of attorneys that are in-house representing that they could bring business over, but typically it's not going to be a lot of business because if the person's leaving their in-house job, uh, you know, they're they're typically not going to be, you know, that powerful or have a lot of 
you know, political capital at that in-house company. So, um, you know, when they leave, um, you know, the company is, is unlikely to send them business most of the time. Um, and it very rarely happens. I mean, you know, I've just, I remember, um, you know, just seen so many examples, um, you know, of people leaving, um, you know, you know, very high up roles and in, inside of companies and, and then searching for a law firm to take them in and, um, law firms, you know, even if when they represent, they have business, won't, won't take them in. So even if you're in like a general counsel position, you still think that doesn't really hold much sway? It depends on the company. I mean, you know, if you're an in-house, you know, if you're the in-house counsel or the general counsel of like a, you know, Fortune 50 company or something, then yeah, of course, it can hold sway. But I mean, there's not many people that are in that position. So the, there's the people that are in sort of the associate general counsel and, and counsel positions of companies. Um, the other type of in-house position I think we see a lot is somebody who's at sort of like an investment fund or a bank doing some sort of corporate securities work. Um, what are the prospects for those people, especially if I, what we see a lot, I think, Harrison, is people who haven't ever worked at a firm, but they might be working on some complicated financial instruments at uh, some sort of a hedge fund type of place. Is there any um, marketability for those types of candidates who want to transition to a firm? Yeah, there is. Um, you know, another one would be, um, you know, healthcare. There's, there's, there, you know, I've seen people that have, you know, whose whole careers have been spent in healthcare companies been able to transition into um, law firms. Um, I've also seen, um, you know, people with kind of these weird like insurance regulatory backgrounds or, um, you know, FDA related backgrounds. I mean, if the skill's rare enough and the law firm feels like they can make money from it, then, um, then I think it, then they can, but the, it's just such a rarefied, you know, there's so many, very few people with those types of skills that it becomes very hard. Right. So it seems that going in-house is a bit of a refuge for like senior attorneys at big firms who don't have business. I mean, at some point, it's, you're going to be counseled up or out. If you don't have business, you're going to have to leave. But what's interesting, and kind of as you point out, we've been discussing, like the big firm model is like kind of a catch-22 in this way because they bring you in, they want like hungry attorneys and they bring you in a billing machine. They don't give you any client contact or any right. business development mentoring or support. And then shockingly, after five, six years, you haven't developed any skills to bring any business and then you're going to lose your job. So the whole mm -hmm. machine is sort of set up for you to fail from the get-go. From the get <laughs> So, right. so is you, do you see um, any ways for attorneys who are in those positions at big firms to avoid this fate? Or do you think basically they just kind of have to get out early enough and take refuge at a smaller firm, more boutique firm, where business generation is something that it's sort of taught and, and focused on and you get, you're given the resources for it? Or, is there, or what do you do otherwise? What's the path to, to, to generate business at these big firms? Well, I think that, you know, what I see a lot of attorneys doing, like uh, there's one attorney I'm working with right now that, um, you know, she's at a big firm in New York and her billing rate is, um, um, she's an equity partner, but there's only one care partnership and her billing rate is like $1,150 an hour or something ridiculous. And she's only been able to bill like, you know, very few, maybe, you know, thousand hours over the past year. 
and she's getting paid like, you know, well over a million dollars a year and she doesn't have any business. And so she realizes that in her specialty, um, it's very, very difficult for her to find clients. And so what she's doing is, you know, she's looking to go to a smaller firm where she can develop a book. And, you know, so really the most logical thing is for an attorney that gets senior, um, they really need to, they have a couple different choices. I mean, one is they can um, develop a book of business, which I think is the most important thing, and they need to find a, a firm where they can do that. Or two, um, you know, they they need to, you know, um, like you said, move to a smaller firm. Or they, you know, three, I mean, they, they also, they can try to generate business internally. And, you know, by being the best at what they do and, and getting um, the most people inside the firm to give them work. And, you know, so it's not that the models, you know, against them. I mean, the whole whole way the law firm works is a law firm, um, the attorney's only job is to generate business, whether they generate it internally or not. And the best people, the people that do the best work will get the most work and they'll also get um, the most referrals. I mean, one thing that, um, you know, that I always talk to our recruiters about here and that, that you know, I counsel attorneys about is, you know, you need to get out and, you know, if you're enthusiastic about something, you should be writing about it and speaking about it and um, communicating that. And then, you know, to, to other, uh, you know, people in, in the market, because people are going to want to be represented by people that look like, you know, and that are the best and that are the most enthusiastic. And, you know, attorneys that generate business um, that I speak to all the time are, you know, very enthusiastic. I mean, they're just, you know, they, 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 they talk about, you know, um, what they do. They talk about why they're the best at it. They talk about why, you know, people save money when they use them. And, you know, so it's not, I don't think that, you know, someone without business, their only choice is to go in house. I think, you know, one thing I would say is I, I do think that, um, you know, there are some situations, um, you know, where it makes sense to go in house, but really, you know, if you want to play the game, the way the game is, is the work goes to the people that are the best at doing it, you know, and, um, and that make themselves seen. So you just, you know, if an attorney doesn't have any work inside of a law firm and a senior, you know, my advice is to be more visible. And if they can't be more visible and their work's not good enough, then, you know, then maybe they should go in-house. And I think there's some good situations, you know, if you want to talk about that, I do think there are some situations where an attorney can do well going in-house. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to, to know what is the kind of attorney that you think should be going in-house and what is the sort of successful in-house career look like? Well, and that's the thing is, I mean, there are some really good, um, you know, in-house jobs. I mean, there's some, you know, like, um, and there's certain, you know, jobs that, you know, in large, like insurance companies, for example, like they're, you know, if you have some specialized um, insurance experience, there can be some very good jobs, you know, where you can go in at, you know, a normal hour, like nine or 10 and leave, at, you know, five every day and, um, and where there can be longevity in there, um, you know, and some large companies have very stable, um, you know, in-house departments. I mean, there's some very good, you know, in-house departments. But, you know, again, um, you know, a lot of them can be difficult. I mean, they're not great places to work. I mean, one situation I think is can be a good situation for people to go in-house is, you know, when an attorney has been doing work for a client and uh, and that client, um, and they've had a relationship with them for several years, and then all of a sudden, um, that client um, offers to bring them in, um, you know, or, or something materializes out of that. You know, if the attorney was billing at $1,000 an hour, and 
um, you know, and then, and then all of a sudden the, the client can save a ton of money by bringing them in. I mean, you know, like a million dollars plus a year, or, you know, way more than that. Um, then a lot of times the, the client's going to be, you know, very happy to bring that person in um, because um, it, there's going to be um, big cost savings and, um, and the attorney may um, already have a very strong relationship with them. And so I think that can, you know, and if the attorney doesn't have a future at their current firm and they don't want to go to another law firm, that could be a good situation. Uh, you know, but one of the things I think is the best situation is when someone goes to work um, at a small, you know, a successful but small private uh, kind of family-owned company. Because if it's a small private family-owned company and they're one of just a few people in the legal department, um, then there's probably likely to be more stability. And um, there's not going to be like a ton of turnover in the legal department. And um, they can rely upon, you know, the owner, um, you know, the company um, taking care of them and that sort of thing. And I've seen that situation work a lot. I've seen it work in you know, real estate companies, you know, that are, you know, family investors and that sort of thing where they, they own a real estate company. I've seen it work in, you know, like a lot of small manufacturing companies where I saw one where they were making toys in China or something and bringing them in, the family was importing them. And, you know, I, so the, I think those kind of situations can work um, where there's not kind of the, um, you know, the pressure of like a, an organization with a lot of turnover um, and where the, where someone is, you know, very close to the actual client. Because once you go to work for a company with a lot of people in it and where, you know, the, the client is not necessarily an individual, but it's just a big company, I think it could be much more risky. Um, you know, another way I think it can work is if, you know, if you have like a really kind of narrow specialty that the company needs, you know, like, and it could be um, just something, you know, very kind of unusual, like maybe some certain type of patent prosecution or, um, you know, just kind of a rare skill or the ability to um, litigate a certain type of case that the company brings um, or has brought against them on an ongoing basis. Like one example would be a company that constantly has, um, you know, trademarks uh, knocked off or something and where they need someone in-house to file a bunch of, you know, trademark lawsuits all the time. I mean, there's certain things where it can work. You know, for the most part, I think they're fairly risky. What I think is interesting is the different types of roles, because I think oftentimes when you think about going in-house, I, I shortcut to thinking about like an associate general counsel type of position and something in that, uh, in like a legal department. But I would love to know, you know, if you are looking to make a transition and you have your JD, but you're not necessarily looking to be in that kind of role, what are some other roles that attorneys might fit into in companies? Like, for example, compliance roles, or are there other roles that might be an interesting alternative to the traditional like counsel kind of positions inside companies? Yeah, compliance is one. Um, another big one recently has been like data privacy. Um, you know, another one I've seen that a lot of people go into their labor employment attorneys. I've seen a lot of them like successfully um, transition into uh, HR, uh, you know, very successfully. Um, you know, so I think attorneys have a lot of skills and, you know, can do very well inside of companies, not necessarily as attorneys. Um, you know, but the problem, one thing that I talk about, um, you know, a lot with attorneys is, you know, attorneys are, you know, tend to be, you know, um, you know, bookish and they, they study and that sort of thing and like to read and, um, you know, and they, they have a certain type of skill set. And, and the best attorneys, 
you know, the ones that who, who it's kind of natural for, you know, tend to be, um, you know, very concerned with, you know, finding out what can go wrong, like, you know, typos and, you know, worrying about problems and things. And, and, and that's a skill that, that, you know, that fits with what you're saying with compliance or data privacy and things. But it's not necessarily a skill that makes someone good inside of a company. It can work like in HR and things, but it's, you know, companies that are in the business of, you know, selling selling products and coming up with new things and finding markets and new possibilities. And so the, the personality of an attorney a lot of times is not really um, – it kind of clashes with the, with the the personality of a company because the company is always trying to you know do things and do new things and get new things done and you know come up with new ideas and you know an attorney is always trying to find out what can go wrong with something so um you know so any role where you know the attorney can be put in something where they can find things that could go wrong you know a lot of times mm-hmm. is going to be a good role whereas you know um you know, the sales and marketing and, and that sort of aspect isn't always the best for, for people that are natural attorneys. A lot of attorneys are, ex, ex, you know, excellent sales and marketing, but, you know, the people that are kind of naturally inclined towards being attorneys, like real attorneys, um, you know, won't be happy in those types of roles for the most part. Well, yeah, it's, it kind of harkens back to something you say in the article, which I thought was an interesting observation about kind of having to be the buzzkill of the company where, you know, you are – as an attorney opposed like averse to risk and yet that's sort of your job, but also you don't want to become sort of an obstructionist of trying to get things done. Like you're saying the company's goal is to generate revenue. And if you are seen as a stumbling block in the way of doing that, then you might not have a great time. It might not be a very happy position for you to be in. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and it's like that that's one reason like a lot of times you know um attorneys show up in companies and you know are just very unhappy i mean they um because people avoid them because they're you know they're just not you know they're they're just you know they're they're used to telling people what can go wrong and um I'm trying to think of another thing that's that's kind of interesting um when it comes to um yeah i mean it, well it's like I knew a guy once that um he went to work in a um he was a like a partner in a pretty big size law firm and he went to work at a um like a, a company like in LA that makes these medical products and um he got there uh you know on his in in his first couple of weeks and he saw that they were doing some stuff um that was you know I don't know if it was illegal but it was it was probably pretty close to illegal um if if but if anything it was you know dishonest and um you know, kind of along the, you know, not something that the firm company should have been doing. And so he started pointing this out to everyone and everyone knew it and, um, but was kind of mad at him for saying anything about it. And they eventually ended up firing him and they made it about something else, but that was really the real reason, you know? So once you get inside of a company, like there's most companies are, you know, whether it's, you know, Facebook, like, you know, their whole thing where they're playing with data, um, you know, doing bad things with people's data or whatever the, you know, company is. Most companies are doing things they should, or, you know, Google, like manipulating news or or whatever. Um, most companies are doing things that they shouldn't be. And if an attorney's pointing that out, it may go against the business model of what the company's trying to do. And, um, and people don't like that. So, you know, attorneys can be very unhappy inside of companies and, you know, because a company's just trying to make money and survive. 
Right. And then on the flip side of that, if you kind of are installed in that role, but let those things go forward and don't sort of speak up, then it comes to Teddy the Piper and the illegal department is probably going to be the scapegoat for things that do go wrong uh, if, if, if that gets found out, which is also not a desired position to be in. Yeah. And I mean, I knew like for General Motors, for example, like I worked with some people there and um, they had a some kind of thing where something went wrong with some seatbelts and some cars or so I don't know exactly what had happened, but um, anybody in the legal department that who who's any you know that anything to do with it ever crossed their desk with a seatbelt they they fired, you know so yeah even if they didn't work on them yeah somebody's got to pay the price yeah so well so I think um. I think we've basically covered why it's maybe not the best idea to go in-house. I mean, if you're a certain type of attorney, and I guess I would love to kind of get your your final thoughts on, I mean, what I think is interesting about your article here, Harrison, is um, I think the kind of successful attorney that you're discussing here who would not do well to go in-house um, is, is one sort of, what am I trying to say? Sorry. One sort of like form of attorney, right? Like, there's a certain type of attorney, which I think you really outlined in this article, which I think is a very interesting take on sort of what a successful attorney mold should be. Um, and I think what's interesting is like, we've kind of discussed, you know, if you really want to be that go-getter like attorney who's really doing the things that attorneys have always done for, you know, hundreds of years <laughs> since common uh, law began, which is really engage in the community, get out there, be face-to-face with clients, be a counselor to people out there. Um, you're really not going to get that kind of work when, if you go in-house. So I think a lot of the people who maybe came to be an attorney in the first place um, are not going to be able to have the kind of experience that they might have been seeking in, when they went down this career path to begin with if they go in-house. So that's, that's definitely one mold of attorney where you basically are just becoming a cog in the machine and you're no longer like the lead, the thought leader and you're just kind of going along with the drumbeat. Um, but then I think that there is this other mold of attorney that we've kind of also discussed, which might very well succeed in those, um, in that kind of environment where you, where you are just a little bit more, you know, part of the company and, and it's not sort of all about you going out there and generating things. So. To me, it seems like I would I would come out of this saying that there's there's a place for for both types of attorneys and I don't know I'm I guess I'm just wondering if uh, it doesn't sound like it's a resoundingly bad career choice categorically to go in house as an attorney. No, I mean it's just or, it's a different you know it's just a, the, the the biggest problem I think with it is just there's just a whole different set of rules you know because in the law firm you know, the main rule is to, you know, do the best work you possibly can and get as much work as you possibly can. And as long as you're getting work, you know, you're you're pretty much going to be safe, you know, whether it's from clients or from other attorneys in the firm. And um, and that's, that's the whole name of the game. The emphasis is on, you know, your ability to do good work and generate more work. The, the problem going in-house is the rules are completely different. Um, they can be political. Um, the, the, the business model of the company will determine its success. Um, you know, you're not practicing law so much. You, you're more of like a, you know, you're, you're, you're playing more political games and your job is to, 
you know, get in with the right people and kind of do all these things and, and understand the political landscape. And there's some people that like that. I mean, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, it's, it's having very good social skills, I think would probably be something that's also very important for being in house. Whereas, you know, you can be like the biggest, you know, you know, nerd in the world and still have tons of business and get tons of work inside of a law firm. It just doesn't matter. But, um, you know, it's just, there's diff different rules for being in a company. So, you know, as long as people go into it understanding that, and then the idea that, um, you know, what keeps you alive and keeps you employed inside of a company, inside of a firm is having work, is getting work. And, you know, and you can move firms with work. You can, you know, if you get a book of business and so, and so forth, whereas you can't necessarily do that in a company. And then the, the final thing is that I think is, is really important is, you know, I've seen like, you know, attorneys, like I've placed people that are literally like in their late seventies, you know, and um, one guy, um, I remember talking to him, like meeting with him last year in Orange County and like, you know, he, he couldn't even hear me. I mean, he had a hearing aid, but it was on one side of him. So if you sat on the one side of him, you couldn't even hear, but he had like a, you know, like a $3 million book of business and he was still practicing. And inside of a company, like you, you know, you're, you're not going to have a job for that long. I mean, you'll, you know, you might have a job for, you know, um, you know, a short period, but you're never going to work until like your seventies or eighties or anything like that. And you can, you know, if, if you like practicing law and you like the, you know, the intellectual component of and stuff, I mean, you can really practice law as long as you want. Um, right. Which is pretty cool. And you can't do that. I, I think that's, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, that is what a lot of lawyers love about practicing law is how much it challenges you and you constantly have to learn and adapt. And when you're inside of a company, things can kind of get rote and repetitive and it's mm -hmm. uh, not sort of that exciting anymore. Um, so it sounds to me like basically you need to do some thinking, not that it's, you should never go in house necessarily, but you shouldn't go yeah. in there blindly just thinking, oh, this is the brass ring, this is the best decision for me, and not understanding what it really means, and not understanding what it means for the, your future prospects. Because I think so often in this, especially in like the big firm world, you just go this lockstep route, and you never really stop to think about what am I doing, and why am I doing this, and is this the right decision for me? You just kind of, there's just this preset path that you start going down, and you get kind of funneled into this, this in-house position, and you know, you never really stop to think about the, the reality of it. So um, I think just making that career change, it's important to, to understand why you're doing it and how it might end up for you. And think about all these considerations you've just mentioned here. And I think it's a, that should be the takeaway if, uh, if anybody's considering going in-house. Um, yeah. Well, and the final thing I think is important too, is like when you, you know, if you, you know, when you, when you're in a law firm, you know, the, the whole game really is to, to develop a book of business and to kind of operate your own business inside of a law firm. And then, you know, in, in return, the law firm will, um, you know, take, you know, 70% of the money you generate maybe and um, for to support itself and, um, and you'll keep up, but you're basically operating a business. And then when you're, um, you know, if you're in-house, you know, you're not operating a business and you're not in control of the business and all these things can happen um, to the business. And, um, and, and so it's, it's, it can be much riskier, you know, in a lot of respects. Right. And there's a yeah, lot more turnover. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more turnover. I mean, companies, you know, go through people a lot more than law firms do. I mean, law firms have, you know, a lot more stability a lot of times than, than 
you know, companies do. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Harrison. I think this has sure. been a very interesting conversation and something for everybody to think about if they're in that part of their career transition. Yep. So thank you for joining us today, and we'll be back next week. All right. Bye.